Good evening from Carib. I think it's called the brewery. Brew pub here in Cape Canaveral, right at the port. Getting ready to listen to some music. I'm going to be inviting people from the usual crowd that shuffles in here and various other places up and down the coast where Steve Hodak goes to host his open mics and uh, listen to uh, all these people talk about music. And uh, the topic for tonight is music on the East Coast. And uh, I'm even going to invite people to come in from uh, the bar itself that may want to talk about music. So... Steve Hodak singing in the background. I'll be back shortly. I'm just going to add on here. As Steve's finishing up his song, inviting people to come over and sign up and uh, get a 10-minute segment. Fishing out for Brown-Eyed Girl. That's right. That's Steve Hodak. Yeah, a lot of awesome people are going to be playing and singing tonight. And uh, just invite, going to be inviting people to come over for a quick 10-minute interview. So I'm here at the Carib with Ray Fry, the local guy. And uh, Ray's been coming out to these Steve Hodak open mics for a long time, haven't you, Ray? Yeah, yeah that's correct. I, I've been kind of following this guy around for a while. So tell me what your, uh, what your special kind of style of music that you like, what you play is. Well, the thing that I really try to focus on is doing most songs that people do with bar chords, if you know what a bar chord is. And it's the cards they have at bars, right, that they play at bars? Say no, no. Although I do play bars. But, um, anyway... What I try to do is I try to do my music where I'm only playing open chords or very few chords that require me to move up the neck from way down at the end. Oh, well, my observation of your music, though, is it's very complicated. <laughs> you play a lot of variety of songs. You and your, and your brother, Nettie, you guys play a lot together. I mean, probably growing up and stuff. Are you local like you really are, grew up here in the area? No, no. Both my brother Ned and I are both from uh, Boston. Actually, we uh, we grew up in Boston, um, and he and I have definitely different styles of music. And the reason for that is, uh, when I was 18 years old, back in the caveman days, um, I asked, yeah. Anyway, back in the caveman days, when I was 18, I joined the Navy. Uh, I mean, I was going to get drafted—the real kind of draft where they make you go into service. Uh, and uh, instead, I uh, got into the Navy, and uh, I went away, and I really didn't spend a lot of time at home for the next many years, probably 13 years before I came back for an extended period. And so 
I learned how to play the music that I liked, and he learned how to play the music his, he likes. And so what ends up happening is I play a lot of James Taylor, I play Paul Simon, I, I, I've been branching out and doing stuff that's maybe a little newer. And um, Ned, he's a 70s rocker. Yeah, he is. And I heard you play the other night, I heard you play the Billy Joel, uh, the New York State of Mind. Yeah, in fact, I'm thinking about playing that tonight. But I've got, I've also, you know, my, my wife is big on, um, on Christmas songs. And, and uh, she had her Christmas songs playing today. And we, and we are getting into that season, aren't we? It's starting to get into that time where changing things up a little bit. This is the end of November. This is the day after Thanksgiving. And uh, we're, we're, I don't know what this time of year means to you, but it's, it's quite different than the normal time of year, wouldn't you say? Sure, and you know, everybody's got to have a, a Christmas song or two or three, uh, just in case people are looking to hear them. But I've got one that I play that, that is a very, really a favorite of mine, and since my wife is here tonight, I thought maybe I'd just play it for her. And so I'm going to break the uh, Christmas ice tonight with uh, Stephen Mel's uh, open mic chain of, of uh, gigs that they do. What's, would you want to divulge the name of the song before you play it? Sure. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Thank you, Ray. I think that's a that's a great way to segue. Is anything else you want to tell people like tonight that maybe have come here about music? Sure. We have some of the best talent in uh, Merritt Island and in, in Central Florida at the beach, the Space Coast, I guess you'd call it. And they come out here and they play because they love to play. We as performers don't get paid for this. There's people who can and will go out and, and get paid for it. Me, I don't want a job, so I'm not going to go get, get gigs in bar rooms and stuff like that. But I do like to do this. And, and we come and we do this for the love of the music. So if you want to, please follow Steve Hodak, it's H-O-D-A-K, on Facebook. And just look at his, his page every day, and you'll find out where the next little show is going to be. Yeah, and he's quite a prolific, uh, I'd say podcaster, but he's quite a prolific hoster of open mics. Like four, three or four or five a week. Yeah, he's got five, uh, five a week. There's going to be five a week, one every night of the weeknight, the weeknights. Uh, he's For the time being, he's leaving his weekends open, probably so he can make some money. So he can play himself. He's quite the artist and musician himself. So thanks, Ray. I'm happy to have uh, sat here with you. All right, Jeff. Appreciate it. Okay. That's Ray Fry, the local guy. And uh, we're here at Carib uh, Sports Bar. Crowd is slowly shuffling in. And uh, our our friend uh, Jewel is up there playing. Yeah, so I'm... I'm I'm motioning to Bo Patrick to come over here for a second. This is this is Bo Patrick. Uh, Bo Patrick, you're on Butt the Podcast. Oh, you're doing it live? Okay, cool. Yeah, so it's it's, it's going to be taped, but it's kind of live in here, you know, so I'll put this on sometime next week. But so, Bo Patrick, uh, musician, songwriter, poet, spoke, spoken word. I mean, what don't you do? Uh... Well, I don't know. <laughs> Anything that's creative. Yeah, and you're, an, you're a poet? 
you're an artist you 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 play just open out you go play people and you got a gig recently over here at uh, tip a few yeah i'm playing uh tip a few too in cape canaveral monday through friday from four to six is that every monday through friday every day good for you man i didn't know that five days a week that's awesome uh ray and i were just talking about steve hodak seeming like he's got open mics every night of the week now you know it seems like it's but two to four, so you can still come to these. Yeah, and plus it's, it, I, I quit before my bedtime. <laughs> and what's your bedtime? Seven. <laughs> You're amazing. So, Bo, let's do a little history on you, okay? A little bit of history. Uh, uh, you're, you're, what, 47, 48 years old? <laughs> no. next Monday. Bo turns 70 next Monday. An early happy birthday, man. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Yeah, and, and we're sitting here at Carib Brewery. I don't know what we call this, but um, right here at the, at the port, um, North Cape Canaveral, kind of out toward where the ships are. Beautiful bar. They have really nice uh, selection of uh, microbrews. And this crowd is slowly gathering, right? Yeah, they really fixed it up, too. Yeah, I love the stage. Yeah, and the stage, yeah. And um, I'm, I'm hoping to get the, uh, the manager over here. I think his name's John. I think he said he would come over here and speak with me a little bit. Uh, but but no, I wanted to find out more about you. Um, aren't you from where, where are you originally from? Well, I was born on the banks of the Chattahoochee River in, in uh, Georgia, but I was raised in Alabama. It's Chattahoochee River. Chatt I can't even say that. Alabama. Chattahoochee. Chattahoochee. <laughs> I can't even I can't even say Chattahoochee. It's state line of Georgia and Alabama. It's a state line of Georgia and Alabama. Okay, and so you've got. Um, the Chattahoochee River in your background, and then you went to Alabama. What part of Alabama? Uh, well, uh, Wiregrass first, but I actually grew up in Birmingham, Alabama during the 60s. So you got some memories of the 60s uh, from Alabama? Racial riots and integration and Vietnam, and there's a lot of memories of the 60s. Yeah. I didn't go to Vietnam. I was uh, exempt. You were exempt, but but you got a little bit of that, uh, what do you say, that... Uh, Hippie, hippie dippy kind of hippie style in you. The guy, the dude, this dude is, let me tell you folks, this guy is a artist. He's, his lyrics are so relevant in touching the things he writes. He's, he, he, he's in the moment, I would say, Bo. Would you, would you put yourself in the moment? Thank you. You flatter me, but I thank you very much. No, I, no, I, and I got his, uh, he's got a CD that's uh, called um, Bodiful. No, Beautiful. But what's it called? Rainbow. Rainbow. I was thinking Bodiful. You could, you could change it to Bodiful. Huh? Like, like beautiful, but call it Bodiful. Yeah, that's what it stands for. Bo <laughs> but, yes. <laughs> He's our favorite bow, and you spell it B-E-A-U-X, I think. Um, so Rainbow is, is the title of his CD. Um, and I have a copy in my car that I've listened to. It's awesome. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. Um, so now I'm just trying to talk to people who play music up and down. What do you think about the music scene here uh, in the Cocoa Beach area? I, I, I spent two years up around Gainesville and had developed some connections up there. But when time came, I had to come back down here because, uh, like with Steve Hodak's tribe, the great songwriters, musicians, it's a good tribe. We all hang out and support each other. It's the place to be. It is, and we we attract new people all the time, don't we? Huh? We attract we attract new people all the time. We yeah. we. Yeah, it's great. So, well, he does a great service to us musicians too, giving us this opportunity, you know, especially a songwriter, because 
you know, I can get up, I can do three original songs and get appreciated. Whereas a lot of songwriters, they may have three or four songs, but they can't do a full set of original songs. So it gives you an opportunity to kind of introduce your stuff to a, to a, a real live audience and see what kind of feedback and I mean, you get. Yeah, and I and I actually um, this is probably going to end up getting back to the owner of Tip a few, but I was asking him about you know having a chance to play there, and he was just like, "We got our man." He said, "We got we got the guy we want." I'm like, "Oh, and who is that?" <laughs> he said, "What's Bo?" And I knew it. I knew it. I just wanted him to tell me. So he called you his. I'm building, I'm building the fan base and uh, kind of catering because I do old country and and uh, folk catering to the uh, snowbirds and they're coming in this week and uh, I hope to have a good winter there. Yeah, I hope you do too, man. You're you are worthy of people listening to you and your music. Yeah, I appreciate that. Bless. You. Yeah, and we've had a good Thanksgiving. Did you have a? How was your Thanksgiving? Yeah, yeah I had a date. A date? Oh yeah, I got taken out to lunch. Ah, dang, that's great. Well, is, there, is it somebody we know? Not somebody you know. No. Okay. I barely know her. I barely know her. <laughs> is it somebody that you met during the playing over at the trip a few? It's somebody I met recently, yeah. Cool. Well, congratulations on that, Bo. I'm going to So, and now sitting down with me is Adam Bloom, one of the better known, I would say, musicians in the area. And you can find his music at adambloom.com. I, AdamBloomMusic.com, and uh, but he's got um, a lot of original stuff, and you've been picked up by stuff around in other countries now, right? Yeah, radio stations all around the world. Um, I use my Twitter page to try to promote that and to network to different independent radio stations, and uh, you know it's been a good response. Yeah, and you got to go uh, recently um, with your band, right, up to a recording studio and do some kind of an online thing. It was a radio station up in uh, Daytona Beach. We had uh, sort of a CD launch sort of celebration up there. And they were playing some of the tracks off the album. And they asked us to come up there and do some live stuff on the radio station. So you actually got to do live stuff on the radio station with your music? Yes, yes. Just like uh, the old days. They used to do that in the old days, you know, right? Everything was pretty much live, but wow. Well, back even in the 80s, um, we used to do that when I was handled by management. We would um, we had a college radio EP, but before we would play like different college towns, we would always go in to the college radio station at UCF, South Florida, FIT. You know, uh, there was one in Georgia, and we'd go in there and we would just talk to the DJ, just promote the show, and we I got used to doing that, and so uh, I like to do that sort of thing as much as I can. Yeah, it's 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 got to be a lot of fun, and you have what three other guys in your band? There's like three. Yeah, well, the band is kind of a, a hodgepodge thing right now of you know of players that I can rely on to play live without a whole lot of rehearsal. But I would say, uh, when you say the band, I would say there's one key element, which is Brian St. Aubin, who who is uh, an integral part of this album and uh, I guess uh, creating the sound live from the recording. Yeah, I, I've gotten to know Brian a little better the last couple of weeks even. Just even like the other night, he and I talked for half an hour or so together about all kinds of I didn't know he had so much original music and then he was himself was on SoundCloud. Yes, he um, he's a he's a really good songwriter. Um, and uh, the part of the reason why I network to him and it works out is because he approaches it as a songwriter, which is good because there's a lot of guitarists who approach things as a guitarist and they tend to not add that little unique creativity to each song and that's what I'm looking for. 
Yeah. So um, tell me about your hanging out with Steve Hodak. I mean, how, how does this help, you know, do, I mean, because we've been talking a little bit about the open mics, and how does that help you? Well, Steve Hodak and Melanie uh, and sponsoring these open mics has made a world of difference because, um, you know, I started doing this primarily because um, I had been a songwriter sort of sitting in my room writing songs. I had been a performer in the past, but never the singer. And so I felt like I really didn't have a way to do this anymore without a real band and without having a singer. And so I started going to these and I started off really shy and inadequate, to say the least, not even know how to spot the mic when you're singing sort of thing. And uh, Steve approached me after a show and basically recruited me to come into his open mics because he would give me more leeway and make sure I could, uh, you know, just have a place to, to work the craft. And I worked it out that I've played in like 300 of these over the last year and a half. Some three times a week, some four times a week, some just one time a week, right? So they start to add up. You know, and you sit there and you do the math and you're like, wow, that 75 weeks, twice a week, you're up to 150 shows. And you say three times a week. So over the last three years, I've been doing this consistently at least once a week for three years. And so it's over 350. And now it's just a completely different feeling. Now, if I don't get out to one of these every three or four nights, it's almost like withdrawal. I get it. I, I get. I'm with you on that. Because, because the art, the doing this is a, it's kind of healing in a way. It helps me connect to my creative, whatever you know. And I, it sounds like it does you too. Absolutely, because you know, it's not much, and you realize it's only three songs or four songs or five songs. Um, in a perfect world, we would have venues that would have more new potential customers of the music, audiences and that sort of thing. But there's also just a, a, a cool thing just to get out and share art with people, right? You do it both through writing uh, books and through music and all the, you know, the one of the worst catastrophes or tragedies of the whole coronavirus thing was the notion that Western civilization was going to stop being Western civilization. We're artistic beings. We crave seeing people's faces. We crave that interaction, that human interaction. And we're a society, you know, Western civilization, I'm talking about Italy, France, Germany, and um, we crave human interaction. That's the way we are set up. We're wired like that. Pardon? We're wired. Exactly, we're wired that way. And um, a part of freedom that is fostered in the West is all about that connection with people. And when you first start seeing these case rates in different countries, you could sit there and you could see, okay, Italy, France, Spain, were on the higher side. Well, that's because they live in these cultures that are all about commingling, going out to a street cafe and meeting 50 people and just being out and about. It's really easy to shut down some of these very authoritarian sort of state-controlled countries but in the end, what's the point, right? I mean, if you're not living life the way you're supposed to live it, what difference does it make? And if you can get together with people like that at a little local bar, you're not going to be so succumbing to the powers that be. Exactly. And uh, so we're wired to have human interaction, you know. And so what was great is we were very fortunate here that it didn't shut down too hard. And we were able to get out and share our music. Uh, mostly, I think there was only like two or three months that we were completely not out playing, but no more than that. So tell me, um, 
You you have a lot of recent songs that you've written uh, that I that I that I when you ask me when, when it's one I want you to play, you know I was like I always like this one. Uh, talk about talk about your favorite song that you've recently written and and uh, what do you like about it? I've liked every track I wrote for Sugar Sweet. Sugar Sweet was first of all I wasn't playing to put out an album, and then I wrote Sugar Sweet, and um, it came to me really really quickly. It's kind of formulaic in a way, but I like catchy, hooky stuff. And the first time I played Sugar Sweet, I knew it had a good vibe and a good feel. And uh, so my process is I usually record it on my phone so I don't forget the melody. And then I send it to former members of the Londons, my drummer especially, and I said, what do you think of this? And he just said, well, you have to record it. Okay. The same thing with... Um, Stargirl. My favorite. Okay, as soon as I sent him Stargirl, he was like, you have to record that. Uh, so then all of a sudden I was putting out an EP, and then I wrote My Tender Girl, and then I wrote uh, everything uh, rolled up in one, and before you know it, I was just, well, hell, I just got to put out an album. You know, and so it's, it's only... You were on a roll. Yeah, it was only eight songs, but they literally were the last eight songs I had written which I usually don't do that with an album because I have material that goes back 30 years ago. So a lot of times I'll get a new song and I'll dip back into an old song and then a new song and then an old song. But this was pretty much just all new stuff. And I'll say about you, Adam, I think I've listened to you long enough to think that you have an old style. You have something of an old 50s, 60s style, but you you contemporize it in some way. I'm just, I just I love how you do that. And that's, that's the appeal of your music, I think, to a new generation even. You know, your stuff to a new generation is there's an appeal to it. It's kind of retro, but it's contemporary. Does that, does that register to you? Yeah, I, I think there, there's some truth to that. I mean, I, I often say there's really only two types of music. There's good and bad. And you can basically, how you arrange something and record it, it can get a different style or whatever. But at my philosophy, if you can't sit at a piano or an acoustic guitar, sing it and play it, it's probably not a great song. And so, you know, you can do that many different ways. You know, I've, I don't know if you've heard of Paul McCartney's new album, uh, McCartney 3 Reimagined, which was basically his last album that then turned it over to a lot of contemporary artists to do their take on it from Beck. Um, I, I can't go down the whole list. It's all right. It's all right. But it's a great idea of what music is music, right? And however you produce it and do it, um, you can make it sound like any generation. Um, and it's just, you know, melodies and chord progression. And in a way, we're, we're like all in the shadow of uh, McCartney's and all those people that wrote those, those songs. But I, I want to I interview you more specifically in the next couple of weeks when we can get sit down and really just focus on maybe a, a thing about the charts and how music charts have changed a bit. But thank you for coming and spending some time for, with me right now. Anything you want to end with? What would you like to tell people before you go? Um, no, not, not anything big. I'm going to be doing a short set tonight of more uh, singer-songwriter sort of stuff. Um, a little more religious-based uh, stuff because um, I won't have the guitarist tonight. So some nights I have more fun than other nights, but tonight should be a singer-songwriter thing. Cool. Thank you, Adam. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, Adam. All right, so we're here at Carib Sports. 
bar, uh, brewery thing, uh, sports brewery. I really don't know what to call it yet. I'm going to have to ask the main guy before I uh, actually turn this podcast into something you can hear online. But, um, no, I've had three really nice interviews so far. It's, it's only about half an hour into our scheduled time. And there's Sherry. Maybe she wants to be in the room. I don't know. We'll see. So, um, oh, shoot. E.W. Rigby, I know we're friends on Facebook. I know we're friends on Facebook. Yes, we are. Yes, and you know, you know, we're now listening to Sherry play in the background. Uh, so what does is, what is being able to play an open mic mean to you? Well, I am a songwriter, not a professional. I'm actually a practicing lawyer, but I was an English major, and I write, you know, write for a living, and I write a little bit of songs, and it's a chance to get up and get better and, and uh, you know, get a little feedback. It's nice, and it's a very nice crowd. Yeah, and you're, you're oh, wow, so I didn't know this. You're an English... I was an English major in undergrad, then a lawyer, so writing is my life, so writing songs is just an offshoot of that. Oh my gosh, English major and, and lawyer, wow! That's, that's amazing kind of a thing to kind of like put together. I mean, so... You would I, think my songs would be smarter than they are, but they're actually, most of them are silly and quirky. No, but I mean, you understand the nature of like like life in a way that it's the... It is the silly and quirky stuff that gives us like hope. Somewhat, yeah, a little, little smile now and then is nice. Yeah, and so we've like we've been. Uh, how long have you been doing with following Steve around? Um, I started doing open mics probably only three or four years ago because I was the youngest of a family that were real musicians, and I was kind of in the shadows. Uh, then a couple of my brothers passed away over the last several years, and I know they would have wanted me to step out a little bit. Yeah, so that's been a, like an opening for you to step out, right? And and do your like. So you would think that a lawyer's life would be somebody that would be in the limelight all the time, but so what's different from, from this than being a lawyer? This brings people joy. There you go. <laughs> I, I do a lot of divorce work, you know, I'm defending people that are in trouble, so there's a lot more fun and joy, and the camaraderie here is just amazing. So do you think that it would be um, beneficial for people to know that maybe they can avoid going through a divorce if they would come to an open mic? Well, yeah, a little more fun if they would do some things together and get out and make friends. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, so the music, the music of life, you know, I, I, I went through a couple of divorces. I've been, I'd say I've been up to the, I've been up to the bat, up to, to the plate twice and struck out both times. Um, and so I'm like looking for this home run, you know, but I don't know. It's like, how do you find that in the world? Do you, do you have any ideas? You start taking a, taking responsibility for your own part in the conflict. You quit blaming the other person, and then it all falls in place. Yeah, so what if I did that and it still didn't work? I don't know. I don't know. It just wasn't meant to be. It's like, <laughs> just marry the wrong person? Yeah, you, you maybe married for uh, looks or money when you should have married for something inside. Well, there you go. That's a great lesson, you know, and... and how many of us know really that that's actually happening when it's happening? You know, that, that you're marrying for looks or for something else. A, you should have been a therapist. That's an excellent point. <laughs> I am kind of a therapist, so there you go. Uh, so, like, B.W. Rigby, where are, you, where are you originally from? I'm from uh, western Missouri, the Ozarks. The music up there being sort of opry kind of music, a little bit bluegrassy, traditional country and stuff. 
That's amazing because I sp- I'm going to be doing country here. I got assured that this was a country friendly venue, so we'll see how it goes. And I've heard you sing. You know, I like your stuff. And some of, you got original music, right? I, I'm going to do some original, and, and then I'm going to do a little Willie Nelson tonight. Willie Nelson, that's that's amazing. So, but but I was going to comment on the Missouri thing because um, I actually um, spent a lot of time in Missouri last year in a little place south central Missouri in um, between Shan- like it was called Shenandoah. It was like south of Salem, Missouri. It was like in the four thousand acre old tree forest. Missouri is amazing uh, as far as a country, a country as far as like. <laughs> It's not a country; it's a state. Um, but it really, it's amazing, amazing. You know, Jesse James was from Missouri. Yes, that, Jesse James was from Missouri. Yeah, he re, he's reflective of the state, very independent. Yeah, and he actually hid out. I think we went down to his like hideout when he was down there, like in the in the caverns, in the in the lakes, and the caverns, and so forth. That's Jeffy, the Jesse James. They. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm getting confused. Mark but, Twain was from Missouri, too. Yeah, Mark Twain. Actually, I spent time in north, it was like northeast Missouri, in where Mark Twain was from, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. But I've spent a lot of time in Branson and the Ozarks. Been going there since I was a kid. So that has a lot of influence on what I, I listen to and what I write. And what you write also. So are you like the Branson? I mean, do you, ex- you um, expect... Or, do you want people to go to Branson, Missouri and experience that? Once, they should. Maybe when they're older. It's it's a very patriotic, clean, wholesome place where you could take grandma or the kids. Um, but it's worth going to once. Yeah, Branson is it's a show place. Absolutely. Lots of shows. And they're they're great shows, but they're clean shows. And it's like like the the artists that are there, it's like is it is Tom Jones is is he still around? He, I haven't seen him the last couple times I've been. I don't know if he is or is not, but that's the kind of person that would be there. Yeah, Tom Jones. Um, I remember when I was a kid, my mom was staying up late on Sunday night watching the Tom Jones show. I remember her falling on the floor listening to Tom Jones. Out of misery or what? Ecstasy, I think. God bless you. <laughs> I remember as a kid my mom going crazy. And a shout-out to my mom. She may be listening in uh, over in Punta Gorda, where she lives. But but no, BW man, it's a, it's amazing. So, are you from? Do you live in Cocoa, the Cape Canaveral area now? Orlando. I come over here because this is more like solo artist friendly than Orlando is these days. So uh, Steve Steve Hodak has welcomed me. Bo Patrick has welcomed me. Brett, Brenda Evans has been wonderful. All the those guys have made me feel at home here. And now you get to be on a podcast. And, and you're just you're part of the crowd now. This is part of the lay of the land. You know, this is we're we're creating something. Humbled and grateful to be able to be part of this community. Yeah, well, you're amazing, and I've listened to your stuff, and we knuckle touch and make a make a. So thank you for coming on here for a few minutes. You just jinxed me for tonight. Now. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks so much. B W Rigby, look him look him up on Facebook. He's amazing. He's got some good stuff. He's got some original music. I'm sitting here at uh, Carib Sports Bar. Adam Adam Bloom. So, tell me who you are. Tell me your name. I'm Chris Cafaldo. Chris Cafaldo, you're otherwise known as? The Rudder Man. The Rudder Man. That's what I've seen you as on Facebook following me around, but I didn't know your real name. <laughs> I didn't know your real name. 
Um, otherwise known for me, a.k.a. Bob Dylan. That's right. That's absolutely Bob Dylan. And, and you're my buddy. <laughs> and he's got, the, he's got the Bob Dylan look. I don't know what it is. But he, so, um, like, and you, you've called me what? Sammy Hagar. Sammy Hagar. It's my hair, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. So, we both got the curls. We both got the curls. <laughs> we both have the curls. We do. I say I would say my hair is a little longer than yours. Yeah, it is. Probably. It looks a little better. <laughs> <laughs> no, it really doesn't look good. So anyway, so you come to a lot of these open mics. Uh, you listen to people singing. And you actually got up. I'm surprised you're not up there tonight. But you got up there to sing last week. Or was it like Thursday night? And, or no, that was Thanksgiving. Tuesday night. It was Tuesday night. And you did some original stuff. So tell me about your original music. Uh, all my original music is based is, is based on personal feelings or experiences. Uh, I've yet to really dive inside myself to let one out. Although I've written songs, I don't feel comfortable yet to release that. So most of most of my stuff is um, you know on the outside. You know, just just delving in just a little bit into my personal life. But uh, you know, I I think it's much easier for me to do that right now to express myself than it is to get so deep that um, what I would say may not may not correspond so so easily to other people and in music and in lyrics. So I, I try to make it a little bit more f uh, listener friendly. And that sounds like, I mean, I honor all that because it's really like an artist, you know, that the, the, the artist is really, really with a raw material, you know, it's really trying to create that thing that, that other people can relate to, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I write probably a, a song a day, if not more. Um, I write poetry and just books and just literature. Whatever I can write, whatever comes to my mind, I love to write um, prolific at that, uh, just nonstop. And so, Chris, tell me where you're from originally. Uh, originally from uh, Sorgates, Woodstock, New York. And uh, then I traveled in the service. It was in the United States Marine Corps. I spent uh, four years traveling uh, overseas, Okinawa, Korea, Thailand, Guam, the Philippines. And then um, I came back to the United States and then uh, relocated back to my hometown in Sorgates. That's amazing. Yeah. And then I, um, I actually moved to a, a cabin in the Adirondacks for about two years, lived off the land, uh, basically. You know, I did go do some basic shopping, you know, for flour, sugar, salt. And uh, after two years, I realized that I, I unwantingly had to come back and join society and have a real job, which at that time I realized uh, the, the, the pressure that most people feel to conform to society. So you, you realize that, that, I'm trying to understand, you realize the pressure that most people feel to conform to society. Say more about that a little bit. What, what is that? Well, uh, every one of my friends had, uh, at the time I was in the service, went to college. Some were bankers, some were lawyers, some were becoming doctors. And I am an ex-military policeman who is living in the woods. And it was, you know, what are you doing with your life? Why are you living like that? You know, you know isn't there something more you want out of life? And the truth was I didn't. I actually had what I wanted out of life. Yeah, that's, a, that's amazing. So you, you, would you say the military helped you get the experience of like really what you wanted? Like, is that true? Oh, absolutely. Uh, one of the craziest things that is, as a Marine I discovered was that of the toughest 
men uh, I saw in the service and and women, right? Because you have women Marines too. Um, the majority of the toughest people, to be honest with you, ended up ended up having um, a social uh, stigma placed on them because because they were either tra uh, transsexual or they were gay or they were bisexual, and they were so conflicted in themselves and joined the Marine Corps to try to prove to themselves that they were a man rather than what they really felt inside. But during that period of time, they all came to a realization that they were who they were. And again, you know, I, I've had the greatest relationships with these people. Um, you know, many of them are very uh, prosperous now. And I, w I don't, you know, wouldn't want to defame them by saying anything because some of them are still hiding themselves. But uh, that was the biggest eye-opening to me. And that's what, when I got out of the service, that's why I wanted to go to do what I wanted to do as a child. I always wanted to be a wild man, wanted to live in the woods. And so I said, hey, you know, why not do that? Why hold, why hold these things inside and try to pretend to be somebody else and, and go get a job and, 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 and just conform to society? I, I just did what I wanted to do. But after two years of that, I realized that I needed money and there is no money to be made in the woods living by yourself. So I ended up getting a job in the phone company and uh, yeah, that paid the bills and the freight and... Uh, what, what phone company? Uh, Verizon. Yeah. It was so you were like uh, working in the office or working in the interaction with people? Uh, no, I was an outside uh, field technician. I was a lineman, which uh, sets telephone poles, hangs the cable. Eventually I transferred around, you know, as they do, and I was a, a repairman. And I did get to meet many, many people. And that, that is one of the best things about being a phone man is that you have interaction with all sorts of people. And uh, coming from Sorgatis Woodstock, I had a lot of influence and ac access to artists. And to different, to, to artists, say more about that. Um, so yeah, so like David Bowie, uh, Bob Dylan, Todd Rundgren, all these people, they have houses in Woodstock, New York. Um, in order for them to produce their music, at that time they used a thing called a T-line, which was four wires or two different phone lines that could transport high data, high speed data. And so when those things would, would break, they would have to send a specials technician, and, and I happen to have that qualification. So you would meet these people, but they never had their own, their real names, but you would know who they were. And these people were just absolutely the best, you know, and if you treated them like nobody, they treated you better. And, and that's really what they wanted was to be like everybody else. Even though they were famous, that's not what they, that's not what they want, that's not what they wanted or, or they, you know, wanted to be in life. Their music meant everything to them. And getting that out was the goal. But what comes with that is fame and fortune and then all the trappings of that fame. Yeah, so when, when somebody is famous, they have this liability almost that is like, that people see them for that. But they really want to be seen for something else, like like who they really are. Is that is that what you got from them? Yo, oh, absolutely. You know, just because somebody writes a song and it's a dark song, uh, doesn't mean that they're a devil worshiper. You know, you get you have to read through the music and, and listen to it. You know, and just because your feelings of that song make you think one thing, that's your personality and persona. His is something different, and mine is something totally different. So music is, as they say, like, like beauty. It's in the eye or the ear of the beholder. And um, that's what I learned from these gentlemen or, or women was that, you know, you express yourself, Chris, the way you want to. 
And if nobody else cares, that's fine, because who else are you really trying to impress? Exactly. And as long as you can make, like, day-to-day bills, you know. <laughs> you know, the artists, the people that do this kind of thing, you know. Yeah, absolutely, Jeff. It, you know, it's, it's, it's the, the music is what it's all about, and if you can pay your bills, that's even better. Yeah. And if you can pay your bills through playing the music, it's even better. Oh, yeah. So, Chris, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, this is But the Podcast. Um, you're amazing. And I know you're going to get back up there on the stage and play more, right, at some point. Appreciate it, Jeff. Bless. God bless. Thank you, Chris. That's Chris. Otherwise, the rudder man. And we're on. We're, we're on to the next interview. Thanks, Chris. So I'm sitting here now with Sherry Yeoman. Yeoman, she says. And she's like uh, an artist. Like She has a lot of original music, right? And she like gets up her. And I'm impressed with your style more than anything. Um, so Sherry, tell me where you're from, where you came from, what music means to you, etc. Yeah, uh, Long Island, New York, I was brought up, yeah. Uh, but then we moved here to uh, Merritt Island. Cocoa Beach, you know. Dad worked for uh, Grumman in Long Island, and then they asked him to work on the Lunar Module in 68. So we moved here in the station wagon, stayed in Titusville at the Hojo's. Howard Johnson. We had the pool, we had the beach, we had the fried clam night. We were in heaven. So uh, I stayed here till 87, and then went back to Long Island. And then we just bought a place in Coco like five years ago. So just started coming back because I always loved the place, loved the area. And uh, so now we're doing the snowbird thing, six months here and six months there. So back to New York and then six months in Florida? Okay, so where do you have like, is this your, your who, who are you with? Who you, you said we. Oh, my boyfriend Don. Yeah. Your boyfriend Don, okay. So you guys go back six months up there and then six months down here? Yeah, we uh, do May to November in Long Island, November to May. So it's perfect. You're, you know, we get out of the snow. What's the music scene like in New York as compared to Florida? It's, uh, it's happening all over. Uh, you, you know, you go to the city, which is like an hour away, hour and a half. We're on the, almost the tip of Long Island. We're way up on the North Fork. And uh, lots of wineries, the breweries are popular there too. So you got all those places to play. Coffee shops. Uh, I'm working a nursing home, so I play it. Yeah, I play at the nursing home too, which they love. You know. Oh, that's really cool that you get to play in the nursing home. As we just finished up in the background, listening to Adam Bloom playing his final little song here. But so you get to play in the nursing home. How do you do that up there? Do you go? audition or you share with them what you do yeah well um when i'm you know i'm working and then sometimes uh, i incorporate it because i'm working recreation i'm like recreation therapist so ah recreation therapist yeah, so when i'm in the alzheimer unit and you want to like keep them busy and you know give them some activities i'll just pull out my guitar and that's one thing they can forget things as we know but they know the words to songs i mean you know i'll pull out those oldies that they know yeah. you are my sunshine yes. of course everybody loves that yes. and uh 
know, you see. How about the, how about the Mojo song? They, they like that one? They, I haven't done the Mojo song with them, but, uh, you know, they love Elvis, which I do. You know, I like all kinds of music. I like country. I like the oldies, the classics, Frank Sinatra, you know, that kind of stuff. Yes, and, and I've heard you, like, and I didn't realize you were six months out and six months back. I remember there was periods of time when you weren't here, but, like, I've been gone, too. So talk about Steve Hodak. Talk about what it, what what uh, what he means to you. Well, the first time I saw him was at the Sandbar in uh, Cocoa Beach, and I said, "Wow, this guy's really good." And then I, d I guess I was just following him on Facebook, and then uh, saw that he was doing open mics with Melanie. I think uh, he was in Titusville at a place, the Martini, the the Grand Martini. That was, I think, the first time that I went to it. And I was hooked. And, you know, he, he does them all over the place, so. And just the people you meet, you support each other, you, you, you meet people through the music. It, it's great. Yeah, and, and I, your stuff, like, the way you do the... The way you do the old things, like an original way, it's really cool. I mean, I, I really like the way you do the, the old stuff. Like, you just did like what that, uh, I, can't, I can't remember the name of the song now, but it was like, it was the 3rd of June, another Dusty Dale today. Oh yeah, Ode to Billy Joe. Ode to Billy Joe. Yeah, by Bobby Gentry, and uh, yeah, it's just such a cool song. Yeah, and to be able to play it like in, the, in an original way is really, it's really awesome. So, and some of the lyrics too, like Papa caught the virus and he died last spring. I mean, it just makes me think of what's going on like right now. You know, like yike. You know, it's. Uh... Yeah, and in the the what were they doing throwing the thing over the bridge? What was that? The, the when they threw the thing over the bridge, that, someone told me that that was like hiding an abortion. He jumped off the, jumped off the Tallahatchie Bridge. Billy Joe McCaster jumped off the tower. So I'm thinking he checked out, you know, yeah. really. And uh, That was a deep song back in those days. Hey, that's pretty heavy, you know. Yeah, so the times were, times were tough back then, but are they tough now? Or how, how, how do people make it now? How do people make connections now? I, I don't know. Well, music is a great connection connector can you know for uh, for me I love to take photos too I you know I, I take nature shots I take anything from music people you know uh, Steve and Melanie take such great pictures that I haven't been ringing my camera but that was I, I have done open mics before in Long Island and to have a camera and do the music you're working the room, you, you go out, you're taking pictures, then they want to, to see the picture, so you get that connection, you know, uh, you know, just share the joy that, you know. The picture now is like, wow, it's worth a thousand words, you know, the, this this setting, and, and though the, the, the bar is kind of thinned out here now tonight, it's like toward the end, you know, and, and I'm so glad for you to be able to come over here because I've been asking different women sitting here in the group and you're the first woman that I had to come up and talk with me so I don't know what that is well, I guess maybe they're a little shy yeah like what is he going to do with this uh, recording <laughs> yeah and here comes here comes Gracie and she came in late 
I bet Gracie will give you an interview. She's going to. And I actually, believe it or not, I, I interviewed her earlier this afternoon for 45 minutes talking about her life and what she's done. Um, it's amazing. Yes. Amazing. So she's all seasoned and ready. Yeah. And, and we were planning on doing a song together, but she just got here. So I don't know if we will. Well, it's been nice talking to you. Yeah. You know what, Sherry? Thank you for, for this. And you're awesome. We're going we're to keep going, helping Steve and making music in uh, the Cape Canaveral, Cocoa Beach, Melbourne area. Awesome. Okay. I'll be seeing you around, Jeff. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sherry. That was Sherry for awesomeness. Ness. <laughs> And after the Carib Brewery, the next week I stopped in at Tip a few and right here in Cape Canaveral and had a few more interviews. I'd like to welcome you to Tip a few two right here in Cape Canaveral. Uh, this is But the Podcast. It's Jeff, and I'm inviting all of our uh, artists, musician people. Uh, Brian St. Alban, they uh, didn't actually, uh, they cut me off there. As I was saying, Brian St. Alban's playing in the background. And I'm, uh, this is Jeff, uh, but the podcast, I had a, a good successful uh, series of interviews a week or so ago um, at the, uh, the Carib, Carib Brewery. Some people say Carib, some people say Carib. Uh, but it's here in St. Uh, Cape Canaveral also. Right up there by the port. Uh, this one's down a little bit on uh, uh, A1A. It's a nice, quaint little, nice, nicely acoustic place. As I'm sitting here, Steve, Steve Hodak is in front of me. I really want to talk with him about uh, this, since this is his pod. This, this is his venue. He invites all these people to come and makes it so nice for everybody to be interviewed. And uh, I may try to harangue him here for a second. He's he's standing right in front of me, uh, talking. Uh, but Brian St. Alban is playing in the background. You hear some really good uh, good artists, and some music, retro, throwbacks, and. Uh, the, this world I know. I want to, I'm going to say something to Steve Hodak real quick. Steve, Steve, just tell me real quick. Uh, we're here at Tip a Few Two, and I'm, I'm talking with folks. So how's things going for this venue, you think? Absolutely wonderful. Yeah. A lot of people here. Everybody's got a good vibe before Christmas. A lot of creative people. Yeah, and you are, you're amazing. You know, this, this whole thing, we've had interviews of people before this that have just, people have really complimented you. You know, you've done a really good job, and you create this space for artists, you know, so it's a lot of gratitude. How do you feel about making this for, for people? I feel the gratitude. <laughs> I mean, really. So, yeah, so he feels the gratitude. We're, we're gra we have gratitude for Steve, and he's moved on now. He's, he's busy, uh, so... Uh, but I'm hoping uh, somebody else will come along here momentarily, and we'll have a we'll have an interview. So there's Dane Bradford. He just got finished playing. I'm not sure if he'd be willing to come over here and talk with me. But Brian St. Alban, probably 
soon. Brian's an, an artist. He's uh, got a lot of original music. Plus, uh, I brought him up last week with Adam and uh, some music, but he likes to play the old stuff also. The world I know. We could talk about that here on this podcast. There's Bo Patrick. Bo Patrick again. Hey, Bo, how you doing? Hey, how y'all doing? Well, yeah, Bo, you got interviewed last week, so but how's, how's it been going here? Bo actually has uh, a regular gig here at Tip A Few Two, um, and he, he, he's doing well. Happy so. Hour. I play Happy Hour Monday through Friday. Good food, good music. <laughs> it's, it's all good. Yeah, Bo is actually making a lot of friends. He's got make, meeting people, and they're, they're acquiescing. And some of the, the snowbirds, right? The snowbirds come down here, and they're, they're coming in here now. They are coming in, and uh, the, but the locals, this is a local joint. I mean, everybody that's not part of our tribe is a local. All, it's, it's a good place. And they've only been open since September. And only open since September. So you know what? If you're, if you're listening to this podcast and you're coming down to Florida and you're going to stay here at Cape Canaveral, look up the little bar called Tip A Few Two. And in the afternoon, come in and hear Bo Patrick. Yeah. Sing some of his originals. He's a spoken... If Jeff Bates comes sit in sometime. Yeah. He's a spoken artist, spoken word. He's got. A, he's a poet. Um, he's got a lot of good vibes that he's, he's putting out, and his music is awesome. And uh, we mentioned last week that uh, the CD you can you can get is called Rainbow. That's B-E-A-U-X. Matter of fact, he's wearing his T-shirt. <laughs> he's got a cowboy hat on all the time. <laughs> And flip flops, no cowboy boots, just flip flops. <laughs> yeah, so good to see, you, bro. Can you hear me now? Just a metronome. He's one of the uh, many artists that come out on uh, many nights, right? How many nights do you actually come out every week? Well, the opportunity is, I think, four nights a week, four or five, Steve and Mel do these, but, you know, I hit a few, a few a month, maybe. So you, you come out your share? I come out my share. Yeah, and you're like an original, um, you do original stuff, and you do like retro, like cover cover songs, so you've been writing songs like how long, Brian? I wrote my first song probably 1996, when I was going through my divorce. And, uh, you know, when you first write your first song, you don't know if it's really done. You know, it's like, is this a song? Is this, what is this? And then you just have to say, I'm going to finish this, and I'm going to call it a song. <laughs> and a, then you go to the next one, and you go to the next one. But, yeah, I do a lot of cover. Uh, I do mostly covers when I come out here because, you know, you got a crowd, and they don't want to hear my stuff. And what was that first song? That I did tonight? No, what was the song that you wrote in 96? What was that? Oh, man, you're... You're really can you remember no uh, I recorded it on a, my kids play school tape recorder though it had all that microphone in it. it was a little red hard plastic thing with the little clunk clunk buttons yeah I don't remember what it was I don't <laughs> that's all right so but you've written some since then I mean there's one there's one you you sang the other night I, I asked it was like I asked somebody is that Brian's original song and he said yes it was like something about coffee yeah yeah, I call that one, uh, I think I call it Sunday morning, but yeah, Sunday morning coffee is kind of the hook line. But I hadn't wrote a song in 
turns out five years and um, that was it just came together real nice so I have it on my Reverb Nation page and I've so yeah, I mean, you know, I don't force writing songs. I, you, you know, you got to be in a real shitty relationship to write songs. <laughs> you got to be in a shitty relationship to write songs, or you got to be going through something, right? It's creative. It's cre- It's the creative process. Yeah, and you know, I mean, I go through stuff. You know, I worry about my kids. I've had rough times with my kids and all, but I don't write songs about that. It's always about a girl. It's always about a message that I want them to hear. Eh, it's just the only way I can write. You know, like when you have one of our guys that come in here, Bill Frank. He can just take a funny saying and he'll write a song in a day, you know. But I like in an instant. He just does it like on the spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyhow, yeah, yeah. Our thoughts go out the build tonight, and he's had some health problems lately. I guess so. Yeah, I I don't know. I haven't seen him. Wish he was here playing that bass for us all. Yeah, we give a shout out to Bill, and uh, we hope you get back, get better, Bill. And um, yeah, and Brian, um, you know, you and I just kind of played together a few times, and I know you you do play some lead. You know, we play that. We play that. Jenny eight six seven five three zero nine, <laughs> and that's that's kind of fun. I mean, I love getting up there and playing with people, right? And just how, how does that work? It's amazing, really. When you get up and you just you don't even play a song together, all of a sudden you're playing it together. Well, you know, some songs. Uh, well, some guys are much better at following and catching on. I'm not that good at it. Um, you know, I'm an engineer by tr- You know, I was an engineer for years. I used to launch people into space in my. Favorite the bad joke is I used to launch people in space. Some of them lived, and uh, but you know uh, I happened to I played Jenny Jenny in a band. You know I used to play in a band and played the only guitar. I was the only guitarist in a band, so I played some lead. But it was '90s rock, and there's not a lot of leads in that '90s rock stuff. You know, so I was fortunate enough to be in a band during that time frame where I didn't have to a lot of play a lot of leads. Stone Temple Pilots. Creed, Matchbox 20, you know. A lot of that stuff. There's no leads in there. If there was, it was simple. Yeah. And it's a crowd goes crazy for Ray Fry, the local guy. Yeah. We, um, we, we it's kind of cool. So we're going to, we're going to finish this up with Brian. And, uh, but he's like, uh, he's amazing. So thank you for stopping by, Brian. And, uh, come back sometime. You bet. I will. And I'll see you. And we'll get up on stage and make some music again. Make some more. I was going to say noise. I was going to, no, music. It's really music, it's music, but it's music to the ear of the beholder, I guess. Music in the ear of the beholder? Beer holder. Yeah, beer holder. Yeah. Yeah, so um, now I get to interview Dane Bradford. Uh, <laughs> Dane, you're like a, you're like a staple on this on this Steve Hodak thing, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I play a lot of Steve's open mics. I do. I enjoy it. Yeah, and you've got a lot of, uh, like, like, you people you play with, and... and Band people stuff. You get your own band, right? Yeah, uh, Greg Sexton and I actually have a little band together called Cobalt Blue, and we're playing tomorrow night. But uh, yeah, we play around, have a great time playing together. It's a lot of fun. And this is December the third, so that would be like uh, December the fourth. Over where are you playing? That would be December the fourth at Hawksbill on Merritt Island off Sea Ray Drive from six to nine. What's it? I missed it. Where is it again? Hawksbill. It's a marina. Okay. Bar and grill. Good food, good drinks, good Sea Ray Drive. Yeah, you get to it off North Banana because the other way has a bridge that's out. But. Okay, cool. So you and uh, Greg Sexton. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, it's kind of loud in here. As a Ray Fry local guy in the background still plays, 
And you have headphones on, so it's easier for you to hear. And I'm trying to keep my interviewee con content. Uh, so, what? What? Um, how long have you been playing guitar, Dane? I started playing guitar when I was about eight or nine years old. Off and on, got serious about it when I was about 16. So I've been playing for a long time. Greg and I actually used to play together back in high school, and after high school he went in the Navy, and we lost touch with each other for about 40 years. About three years ago he came back into town to take care of his mom and dad that were getting up in age, and uh, called me one night and asked me if I still play guitar. I said, yeah. And we got together and started playing again. So it's been a blast rekindling that friendship and that music. That's a great story. So he went away to serve the country, and he lost toss for 40 years? Lost touch for 40 years? Yeah, 40 years. He was in the military for, I believe, 26 years, 20-something years. And he got out, had his own business, also worked for Siemens. And uh, then he uh, kind of started his own business and went take care of his mom and dad. So that's what he's been doing. Yeah, I wish I could interview him too. He's a, he's a good guy. Uh, he hasn't been around the last couple of times I've done this. <laughs> but, yeah. So I'm not sure I'll be there, but that's all right. So yeah. So shout out to Greg. Um, yeah. So um, so the mood, like when we when we play these open mics, there's a lot of people that come out and they just really enjoy just the music. Um, but but it's kind of become. I think it's kind of like a family. It feels it feels like a connection. Very, very much so. I, you know, everybody knows each other, and I, I just enjoy listening to everybody do their own stuff. And even the same songs, they have a little bit different vibe to them when somebody else does them, and it, it's a lot of fun just to listen. It's a lot of fun to play. So, and it's inspirational, right? I mean, people come here, and uh, you know, like I started doing this like two years ago, but I went away on a little trip last year, and then I came back. But you guys are still. I mean, after, I mean, this is COVID, right? This is the time when the pandemic and we're trying to figure out what it means to be, you know, community again, right? Live and play music. It's always been that. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's just a lot of fun to, to hang out with people and sing and play. And different people, different combos. That's kind of a cool thing, too. Different teams, basically, if you want to do that, bands that come to the open mic and play together. They just mesh well. But there's always somebody better that you can look up to, you know. So and always somebody that you can learn from. So and so, you know, even when we come out here and listen, it's everybody really seems to appreciate the variety, right? Because it's not really it's not really a competition. Nobody's trying to outdo anybody else. It's, it really just feels like Steve, right? Would you say Steve really has a way? of helping all that happen. Oh, yeah, Steve's a great facilitator for the venue. It's I didn't know about until a couple, three years ago, maybe two and a half years ago. I always looked for a place to play out, and it never was there. I never knew about it. And Steve's been doing this for quite a while. He's very, very good at doing it. One of the best in the county, probably he's in Central Florida. Um, lets people express themselves. Very open to helping people. Um, great coach, good friend. Um, and he loves to see people get better and, and you know be the best that they can be and I, he does a great job facilitating that though. and I and I don't want to leave out his his uh, compatriot or his his partner because uh, without without Melanie uh, Steve would I mean he's he's got to be grateful for Melanie 
Yeah, but you know, behind every good man, there's a great woman. That's what they say. But uh, nobody can sing harmony like Melanie. She's she's awesome at it. She's just a wonderful person to to be with, you know, hang out with, and to back you up when you're singing. And sometimes you wonder why you sound so good, and it's because of Melanie. <laughs> always is. It always is. Yeah, and she's all, all of a sudden she'll hear a song, and she all of a sudden you're playing. All of a sudden there's this. There's this angelic sound that comes in the background. Yeah, she's got that angelic, ethereal harmony ability that very few people have, and it's it's nice to have available. Yeah. And Brian, and Brian and I were just talking, and uh, we were we were mentioning uh, we were mentioning um, uh, Bill Frank, and uh, we're seeing how much we seeing how much we miss him, and give a shout out to Bill Frank. So yeah, Bill Bill's a great songwriter. It's it's funny, you know, because I always ask him what you wrote this week, and I'm kidding sometimes, but usually he has two or three he's written this week. So I mean, he's a prolific songwriter, and, and they're great songs. You know, all about life. He'll just hear a line and kick a song out of it. You know? And Bill can write a song on the spur of the moment. Like yeah. he gets a thought or something happens in his head. The poetry, right? Yeah. He'll he'll be in a bar and hear somebody say something and start writing it down and sometimes 15 20 minutes later he has a song it's i don't know anybody else that can do that bill's one of a kind it's really and as dane is saying this he's got the greatest biggest smile on his face <laughs> that, I, that i think i've seen for a while so so yeah dane bradford thanks buddy okay yeah man you. yeah dane's from rockledge and uh, he comes here and sometimes his wife comes and listens and uh it's awesome so thanks brother all right man thank you yeah thank you. So I'm here with Christine. She's a server. Is that what they call you? A waitress, uh, server at Tip of You Two. And so you've been witnessing the sort of uh, you know, open mic stuff for a few weeks. So how do you like it? I like it. It's really nice. Yeah. So how long have you been a server here? Um, since they've opened. Since they've opened. Yeah. So uh, do you like music? Love music. Yeah. So what's your favorite kind of music? Country. 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 Uh, do we sing enough country? Yes. So we got both Patrick up there right now, and he likes. Do you like him? Yes. My friend actually from West Virginia came down and sang with him. Okay, so here in the bar. Here in the bar, right? So Bo is like a regular feature here, right? In the bar. Yes. Yes, he is. Yeah. So he's like. Does I think the. Uh, the crowd, he told me the other day, the crowd seems to like really start, they're starting to acclimate to come here more often. You notice the crowd's getting a little bit bigger at Dip of You? Yes. With the music and the food and the service, yes. So what do you do for fun? What's your what's your uh, hobby? Do you have a hobby you do like? Uh, kayak, swim. Do you like to come to, have you lived in Florida all your life or how has it been? I moved here in 2010. And so, um, like your favorite, like your favorite activity in Florida, like would be kayaking. Kayak. <laughs> Where do you kayak? On the river, Banana River. Seriously, that's awesome. Do you go alone or with other people? Mostly with family. Do you do you like look out for like sharks? No, <laughs> sharks aren't in the river. <laughs> and manatees, right? Or alligators? Manatees, yes. Christine, do manatees uh, eat alligators or do alligators eat manatees? I don't know. 
No, I don't want to find out. <laughs> so the Indian River is um, it's quite wide, right? We call it the river, but it's like you can't see from one, almost one side to the other. No, and I'm on the Banana River. Oh, you're on the Banana River. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, so um, it's, are they about the same size, the Indian River and the Banana River? Are they bigger? I don't know. I've never been on the Indian River, only the Banana. So is your, like, is your residence, like, right on the Banana River? Do you, do you live, like, close to it? I live right on the river. <laughs> you live right on the river. So that makes it, makes it convenient to go out kayaking. Nice. So, um, so... Yeah, so well, I appreciate you coming by and having a little talk. What's it like working here with all the music and you like? I love working here. The people here are good. Dan's great with us. And the music and entertainment's getting better. And it's getting better, she says. So, Christine from Tip of Few Tunes, you're a server. You're awesome. Thank you for coming by for a little conversation. I appreciate it. And would you like to give a shout out to anybody like maybe listening to this podcast? Oh, that's okay, but. So we've got Dane Bradford leaving and Gigi. Oh, this is somebody we haven't heard before, right, Tom? Right. No, we haven't heard her before. Yeah, so I'm sitting here with Tom Ferrara. Tom Ferrara, and I knew that. I'm going to call you Ferrari for some reason. Because <laughs> you're so fast. You wouldn't be the first. <laughs> Tom Ferrara. Yeah, Tom... Um, You've been coming out to the open mics for like a long time, right? Uh, actually, just uh, six months here in Florida, so just since May of this year. So you're used to doing them like these open mics elsewhere? Uh, well, I was doing them up in Connecticut, and I moved to Florida about two years ago. And, of course, the pandemic locked things down for the first year. So when things opened up again, I uh, you know, started coming to open mics and playing and uh, you know, looking to get gigs and, and stuff like that. And... Um, you know, one of the things, as you had mentioned before we started talking, Jeff, was uh, I, I do a, a live stream on Saturday mornings and from uh, 10.30 uh, on my Facebook page. It is uh, Tom Ferrara. And I started doing that as part of the pandemic um, to kind of, you know, help people through. It was a tough time. People were locked in. And, you know, I thought, well, you know, I'll play a little bit. And, and uh, you know, it's really turned out to be a, a long leg thing because it's about a year and a half. And I never expected it would be that long, but uh, it is, and it's been great. I get some great feedback, and, um, you know, it, uh, at times I actually had 800 views a week. It was averaging about 400, and I'm doing between 60 and 100 a week now, which is awesome. That's incredible. Yeah, well, people really enjoy it um, because it's live music, and um, they enjoy what I play, which is really kind of humbling, and, and I'm honored by that. Um, so it's, it's, you know, it's good to do. And so tell people how they would find this. Is it on? It's on Facebook, right? Uh, yes, it's on Facebook at uh, Tom Ferrara, and um, spell that for him. Okay, sure. It's uh, F as in Frank or as in Ferrari, uh, F E R R A R A, and I, I kind of host it through my page, which is Captain Tom Music, uh, which is also on Facebook, uh, and I also post some of them. Uh, after the fact on YouTube, which is also a Captain Tom music. That's awesome. So back to the pandemic, like you were really looking at trying to create something for people to like listen to and have fun with and like your music and your, your, your music is kind of like you're a very talented 
I mean, artists playing, you know, the guitar. But I mean, you wanted to give people like a chance to really just enjoy it. So two things about that is uh, one, yes, I, I wanted to uh, you know help people who was or stuck at home, give them a little bit of music. I mean, music is is great. It communicates across races, across ages, um, you know, across lives, and. Um, you know, when, when people are enjoying music, it kind of takes them out of the moment. So that was that was part of the reason, and kind of a little bit more selfishly, the second reason was to force me to practice and not play like you know one or two songs and be done. But I would actually have to really brush up on songs that I was kind of getting rusty at um, and I play for 45 minutes so that was like a full set of music uh, every week and of course you know my natural tendency is to try and mix it up so it's not the same thing every week and so that that forced me to brush off a lot of songs that I hadn't played in a while because so, I had moved and you know we were locked down because of the pandemic um, and it, it made it more interesting for people. Yeah, how do you, um, who do you like to play? What's your favorite group or what's your like what your style? Oh, that that's uh, I, I don't know that I could define that actually, and I'll tell you why is because well I'll, let me start with this is certainly early influences were you know the Beatles and James Taylor and Jim Croce um, and Cat Stevens and so there's you know kind of a nucleus uh, of songs that center around those folks but I have pretty eclectic tastes and I enjoy a lot of different music so you know I play things from not only those four but you know Tom Petty and Collective Soul and Eagle Eye Cherry and Dave Matthews and you know uh, Chris Isaac I mean you, you start layering all these different folks and it really becomes you know, almost a history of the 50s into the 2000s. Yeah. And let me just tell everybody that's listening, Tom's got a style and uh, an ability to, to re, like reanimate all that stuff. I mean, you, you, make, you make the old, these songs like they were heard, you know, and it's, it's amazing. A lot of people can't do that. Oh, thank you. And yeah, I, I play the songs that you forgot that you loved, I guess is how I would put it. Um, you know, and it's it's great. You know, the kind of the most humbling thing and, and very flattering is that I, I really just play songs that I like. And as it turns out, a lot of people like those songs, <laughs> and so they want me to keep playing them. And you know, there's certainly some that are favorites, but I, I try to always, uh, while I do tend to play those a lot, I try to mix in other stuff to keep it interesting for me and for the audience. Yeah, it's. Um, I gotta say, you know, I enjoy listening to you play. I mean, your your style, myself. I mean, I enjoy. We all have everybody out here, right? Has different styles, um, and that's one of the. That's one of the draws, I think. Would you say that everybody's got kind of like a different style? You know, one of the most amazing things about coming to open mics is that you do get to hear a lot of different people play different songs and even sometimes they play the same songs that you do but they play them differently and you get the different styles and some nights are very incredible yeah. music musically um, and people that don't come to open mics just to listen are really missing out on an awful lot and I'm uh, right now we're listening to a woman who I've never heard before and I think she's she came tonight and she got inspired to sing and this gentleman playing the guitar for her 
he's like a one or two time. Um, I've never heard him play before, and they're up there, and that's that's what Steve Hodak does, isn't it? He he, he gives people this option to go up and s- push yourself or step out beyond your comfort zone. Exactly, and that's what open mics are about. Last night, for example, at a different venue. Um, there was a third. You can mention it. Okay, fine. It was Rubik's in uh, in Melbourne, and there was a 13-year-old boy who was the brother of uh, another player. Who now he's a country music player, and he's been coming to the open mics for I don't know a few weeks, maybe longer. Um, and his younger brother, this 13-year-old kid, took out his electric guitar and was playing all these riffs from like ACDC and what have you, and people were just enthralled. And Steve Hodak, who hosts these things, and you know, we're all very grateful because he does a number of them, and he provides a great opportunity for us to get up and perform, but also he records them and he puts them on Facebook. So there's videos and he takes pictures. So, you know, we could use that on our page to kind of promote ourselves. And anyway, I digress. Steve was so excited about this kid. He was like standing up and, you know, exclaiming how this is what open mics are about, to get people up and to play and to stretch themselves, you know, to maybe do new things that, you know, established people who've been doing this for a while, such as myself, you know, haven't done, uh, or to get new people up, people that are, you know, just looking to break into this, uh, or just getting up to do it for fun. And one of the things I'll say, is uh, Steve Hodak, I've known him in a couple of years, and he has a dream, uh, and maybe it's still possible, of creating a venue so that, like, open mic is like the standard entertainment and then it would be like a like a, a global uh, streaming, and he he was going to call it streams. That was that was the that was the conditions under which we first he and I first met. That's what what he was talking about. Uh, but but giving you know everybody a chance to hear have your voice be heard, you know, and have your and then like finding your voice, finding your finding your rhythm, finding your music. You know, and like, there's nothing, no, no greater gift that we can offer. You know, allow for allowing other people to find that. And yet, Steve, Steve is one of those people that just—he's seen it for a long time, and he's doing it. He's making it happen. Right. Yeah. And and Steve himself is uh, and Melanie are, are amazing talents. If you've never uh, had the opportunity to see them here in you know the Space Coast, uh, you should definitely make it a point to get out and see them because they are incredibly entertaining and talented but yet they spend the majority of the week giving other people the opportunity wow that's a beautiful way to end this tom i love that what you just said and that the song we're hearing right now is what's going on uh so what's going on on planet earth right now is we're we're creating an edge for everybody to be heard and you know what and and there's no there's no better place than right here in cape canaveral at right, tip a few tonight but but all these other venues where we get to go out and let our voices be heard so tom thank tom ferrara you guys can listen to him on like facebook on saturday mornings 10 30 eastern standard time look up tom ferrara friend him uh tom ferrara f-e-r-r-a-r-a is that right that's correct tom ferrara your brother it's awesome Jeff, thank you so much appreciate the opportunity we appreciate you and we're so I'm here with Virgil, Math, Virgil, Mathis, 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 and Betsy. 
Howard. Betsy Howard. And, and Virgil's been out a couple of times at Steve Hodak's open mics. And we've been having these interviews just talking with people about being able to come out and play your music. What's it like to be able to do this? Oh, it's a lot of fun. It's fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Just playing and watching, you know, everybody else. The songs. I'm more important to, like, the songs that they pick is really interesting. I like to hear people sing and stuff like that. Yeah, so you're, like, listening to everybody else, too. So, like, but you're a really accomplished guitar player, I have to say. It sounds really good. I've been playing since I was nine years old. Since he was nine years old. Which is what, 15 years? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 50 plus 50, yeah, I understand, but but isn't it amazing? Oh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. You know, the open mic stuff, it really kind of opens up the people who play there. Yeah, definitely, it's it's amazing. Like, open mic is a good chance to come out and, you know, relax and listen to some good music, and then if you're a singer or a musician, you get up there and, and, you know, put your own two cent in, too, yeah, awesome. So, um, tell me about her. Oh, yeah. She also sings too, but she's kind of shy a little bit. Are you sing? Yes. In the shower. <laughs> In the shower. <laughs> Here, I'm gonna pass out. <laughs> I hope we do, yeah. Okay, so the, the really cool thing about all this is, is that it gives you a chance to imagine what we could do later. Right, right. You know, and so you'll have a chance next week, or like even. It's Saturday. This is Friday. By the way, this is December the 4th. We're moving into the holiday season, you know, all the rush and everything. But music is really amazing, isn't it? For all that. So the the holiday season, the holiday music, all that kind of thing. Do you sing any holiday songs? Um, not really, but um, the one lady earlier, she sang a pretty good uh, song that they could fit for the holidays. So, yeah, I think I need to learn some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh so, yeah, so um, it's really cool that Steve Hodak has created this space for people to play, be able to come out and do this. I've been doing it for a couple of years. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and um, even though I went away for a while last year, um, after, believe it or not, COVID knocked us all out, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. So, um, but I came back, like, in April, and this was all still going. It was amazing. Yes. I met um, Steve at Island Music Store. I was playing the keyboard there, and he walked up to me and introduced himself, and I started following him. So that's how we learned about this. That's how you learned about the open mics? Was you, you met Steve at Island Music, which is over on Merritt Island. Yeah. I was just in the store playing, and he walked up to me, and he's like, you know, do you play gigs in public? I'm like, no. And he's like, why not? Why not? He's, and I was like, I'm, I'm petrified. And he's like, what's the worst that could happen? He's like, come out. So you play keyboard? Yeah. Oh, wait, see, do you guys, do you guys? Ukulele and clarinet, yeah. If you accomplished on the piano, accomplished, yeah. I would love to hear you. And you know, we have a we have a young man that brings his keyboard regularly, and he's not here tonight. Uh, but you can bring, if you have an electric keyboard or whatever, you can actually bring that, come out and play. Is that exciting? No. <laughs> That's not exciting because <laughs> so keyboard like mostly guitar. It's mostly guitar. And you play? I play keyboard too. Oh wow. Okay, so yeah. So one of the things that's and Steve is standing right behind you right now. But one of the things that he's dreamed of and that he's talked about is um, a way to have all the artists come like in a global internet connection. So that there's, he's calling it streams. I'm putting, I'm putting this out for the, uh, 
listeners the idea that streams would be like like a venue like a, like a restaurant we would turn into like have a lot of screens where people would be playing music all over the world that everybody could listen to you know and you'd be able to get up on the stage of the world wouldn't that be amazing that'd be awesome to do to get up on the stage of the world and play your music I mean what what are the, what are the uh, what are the chances that that would be possible? We live in a world where everything's oh, got everything. Yeah, with, with you know with technology now, it's it's easy to do. I've seen a video. We watched a video. Um, there's a band, OK Go. They actually did that. They did a, a song, one of their songs, and then everybody was singing in different countries, finishing the song. They've also done um, We Are the World. There you go. They did that song too. We watched that. We Are the World, and a bunch of different countries were singing it in real time, and they was recording it. When was this? Um, we saw it on the, on the internet. Um, it, we saw it after the fact, so I'm not sure exactly when, but so those two... happened during COVID with musicians getting together. Like, yeah, yeah, they were um, like Zooming together and performing. Like, like for example, I think um, like some of the famous bands, like uh, Green Day and some other bands, like Portnoy from... Um, I know Portnoy and this guy from um, the Colt or something like that, they got together. And they did like some Ozzy songs and some other songs, but he's in his room. He's in his room. They got his room. The Rolling Stones did it. Yeah, they did it too. Yeah, they, I think they were the first ones to do it. I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. And it's like, what what are the what are the hopes that people have? Like, you know, we and you know, we're just three people talking, right? So, at an open mic in Cape Canaveral, Florida. I mean. But what are the hopes that people have that we could really create a better world, right? Then mm -hmm. we could that, that through music or through whatever this this uh, and, and people the people talk about the voice mm -hmm. and, and expressing ourselves in the voice and so forth. I mean, this is we're part of the change, right? Yep. You're part. Of, we're part of the change. Like, isn't that amazing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, thanks. Hats off to Steve Hodak. Oh, that he keep that he keeps doing this, and I hope you guys come back and keep and keep coming, right? And work up something together. Bring your keyboard, right? Right. Yeah. So I'm going to end this uh, podcast, uh, and uh, having had a chance to talk with Virgil and uh, his his girlfriend is significant, significant other, and uh, talk about the open mics and here on. Uh, in Cape Canaveral and all the artists thank you I'm feeling a special appreciation for everyone that's taken a moment to come over and talk with me um, from last week up until this week uh, tonight uh, December the 4th 2021 honoring uh, the open mics on, uh, in Cape Canaveral Steve Hodak and, and his uh, musical family uh, and Brian uh, Brian St. Aubin singing right now uh, love the one you're with. I, I, that's kind of a good song to end on. So, um, this is Jeff. This has been But the Podcast. I am so grateful for you for listening to this uh, this time. Uh, congratulations goes out and thanks goes out to um, uh, everybody that sponsored this, um, including uh, Osh and Ash, Austin and Ashley over in. Uh, Winter Haven, uh, they have a, uh, a, a uh, eBay store, 
friends of mine, uh, actually family, <laughs> Austin, uh, see, Austin and Ashley, um, I'll put a link in the show notes that they, uh, they've given me podcast production equipment, and Steve Hodak, tip a few too, and also to the, uh, the last week's interview uh, venue was Carib Brewery. Over in Cape Canaveral, just just south of just south of the port in Cape Canaveral on 528. So until next time, I hope you've enjoyed the ride. And until next time. Happy holidays. To all my friends in Cape Canaveral, this is Jeff, but the podcast. Thank you to Steve Hodak and and Melanie for hosting all of us. And I just say to all, Merry Christmas and good night.